That's music of Ali Akbar Khan, and you're listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I know to stay away? What's said If Pandora's box is a box of chocolates, would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe, that means I have half a mind to stay. It's WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, and it's Pandora's Lunchbox. Good evening, this is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food, but often about anything but food, and yet at the same time about food. Here's how it works. Food is in everything, including theater and free expression. And to help me talk about that a bit is a fellow named Barton Bund. Hi, Bart. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. And listeners can't see it at the moment, but you are wearing many hats right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, with <laughs> a group, metamor- metaphorically. Right, right. Not literally. Not literally. With a group called the Blackbird Theater that's been doing theater in Ann Arbor for a while. Can you talk yeah, a little bit we've, about uh, that? Yeah, we've been around since uh, 1998, actually. And then uh, we were doing shows in Ipsy for a few years, and then we moved into Ann Arbor to our you know, seven-year location from about '03 to uh, just this past uh, December. And then now we're on the lookout for a new space, so we've been looking at a few new options, and uh, we also have a couple of events coming up. So we've got, uh, in April, we're doing this new thing called The Raw Weekend, which is three new plays about, um, you know, from local writers, and, you know, they all kind of have this, have an edge on them, so they're, they're, which is our thing, I think. I think we like to do, do something different, and I think we like to do something that's a little more dangerous, a little risky, so so it'll be at the uh, the Shout Gallery, which is right across from the Out Bar in Carytown, and so that's at 325 Braun Court. So that's next weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the 8th, 9th, and 10th at uh, 8 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. And we're going to talk about what's in some of those interesting plays coming up and some yeah. other things you're doing. But first, let's get into the mood with a whole lot of food. What do you think? Go for it. Sounds good. Fix 
Licking your fingers and thumbs. That is Joe Tex and Yum Yum, which is pretty much my theme song. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about food. I'm here with Barton Bund. Hello there. Hey, Mike. Let's try that again. Hello, Barton. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. That's that's much. That was my April Fool's joke. There was Aha. very subtle. Ho ho. But <laughs> boy, I, I, I'm, I'm yeah. So Barton is here from the Blackbird Theater. And we're here to talk about some of the things you're going to do on the Raw Weekend. Yeah, next weekend is our Raw Weekend, which is at the Shout Gallery in Cabaret. That's, that's April 8th through the 10th. Yep. That's right, Thursday through Saturday. And uh, the first night, uh, Thursday, is my uh, my new play called The Sleeping Giant. Uh, and I guess the reason I'm here tonight is because it has a, it's, it's all about food. It's about the world of competitive eating. All right. So uh, if you've ever seen these hot dog eating contests or these um, these crude, you know, horrifying eating contests <laughs> on on ESPN eight or whatever they're up to now, you know, so it's it's becoming sort of a a sport and it does have a following. And I had never really thought much about this, but a friend of mine had given me a a book called Eat This Book. By Ryan Nurs, and it's all about you know a guy who spends a year on the eating circuit and meets some pretty amazing characters. And after reading that, I sort of said, "Wow, that's those are amazing, larger than life characters who, you know, they eat uh, large amounts of food for a living, and that that means they're eating mayonnaise and butter and." chicken and steak and ribs and ham hocks and all the stuff we heard in the last song pretty yeah. much everything he named and then some other stuff you wouldn't yes. even imagine and the eating circuit i just think that name is really something that that it's it's now a, a an established thing the eating yeah circuit. well the the international federation of competitive eaters is uh, or you professional gurgitators as they're called and it's uh <laughs> yeah it's real and th- these are these are people who take it very seriously and i think we've probably seen um uh, Takaru Kobayashi, who is the Japanese uh, hot dog champ, who suddenly, you know, the the world record on hot dogs is like 14 in 12 minutes, and suddenly he can eat 50 in that same amount of time, and he's an absolute um, zen master. I mean, he's just, he, it's it's unbelievable. So, the story sort of picks up, I mean, I had seen, I've seen a lot of sports movies through the years, and so I wanted to follow the arc of a, of a sports movie. Okay. Um, I'd just seen uh, Invictus, I think, and... Oh. Which it just I I don't know why people can't make like a sports movie that's different. You know, it seems like they've all sort of followed in that line since like Hoosiers. I've never seen a movie that like really broke from that. And uh-huh. this movie just had every single like cliche in it imaginable. And so I said like, okay, I'm going to do that. I'm going to use this format, but I'm going to take something that yeah, you know, I'm going to take this sort of non-sport or this sport that this this dark you know sort of like shameful sport that people are are unwilling <laughs> to admit is a sport. But these guys take it really seriously, and they are. Uh, fairly amazing. I mean, it's a superhuman feat. Just a quick mention of Invictus is the movie about uh, rugby, rugby in South Africa when Nelson Mandela was first released. And, you know, it's a movie with good intentions, but the <laughs> when they get down to the sports scenes and the locker room scenes and, you know, all the slow-mo that goes on oh, and boy. things like that, it's like, I've seen it. I've seen this before. <laughs> and the last 10 minutes of the movie are all in slow-mo. And so... Lots of tears and cheers and... Lot, lots of t- surprise turnovers and injuries and... Well, maybe I shouldn't be giving that away. I mean... Oh, right. Well, no, I don't think you're really giving <laughs> much away. No, not really. Yeah, no, you're, there's no real movie. spoiler. It's a sports movie. I yeah. think you know what to expect. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're, the, the story finds us, we're, we're talking about a, a, a sort of a veteran of the sport who is training young apprentice, you know, as the, the veteran is sort of finding his way into retirement. And this young guy who's an actual, uh, he's actually an Iraq war veteran, and he's at home and his life has fallen apart, but he uh, found some solace in this competitive eating world. So he picked up and went with that. And so this, uh, the old guy is training him to be a uh, competitive eater and i don't know if the young guy has much talent or not and that's sort of the big question is does he have what it takes to be a, a world champion and he's getting there but then uh the jackal comes on the scene and the jackal is uh-oh. A, right uh-oh the the you know the, the big twist the jackal comes along and the jackal is just this sort of mr t like competitor <laughs> you know of, with superhuman abilities who can just come in and, and defeat anybody in any event and at eating for at, instance at eating yeah Wow, yeah. and I mean, can eat more than anyone, and does it like it's nothing. So that shakes things up, and it sort of changes the dynamic of the whole sport. And we're all sort of building towards the big, the big climactic, uh, you know, championship towards the end. So it's funny, and I think it's dark, and I think it's pretty raunchy at times. And it's about this totally disgusting phenomenon, competitive <laughs> eating, which I don't know if you've ever watched, but it's gross. I haven't watched it, and and just the idea, I mean, of of little pie eating contests as kids. I, I don't know if I could do that. It just seems like, well, you would would you enjoy the food? I don't know. Well, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been out and like eaten some chicken wings, and you're sort of like you see guys who are eating like eat so many chicken wings that that like and you don't know how many you could eat but you know you could eat a lot uh-huh. and i think it, it just sort of stems from that idea of the of the the pie eating contest and i think that's where it all started but then you've got um they were promotional events basically i mean like nathan's famous hot dogs kind of made it made it a big deal in coney island just eating eating that many hot dogs okay you know in in and it's harder than you would imagine you know, if you ever try doing this, I mean, and I've, I've tried to experiment with it just so I could know what I was writing about a little bit. And it's really brutal. I mean, it'll it'll knock you out. I you mean, actually tried to do competitive. A sort I've, of I've tried with, with my own sort of like experimenting at home. And so and wow. you, you just start with something innocuous like cabbage or lettuce <laughs> or oranges or something like that. And it'll still really, really mess you up. So you know, <laughs> it's a good experiment, but not not my thing. I, I thought I could eat a lot, but not like these guys. These mm. guys are total animals. And I think it's a. Uh, you know, the, the Kobayashi, they, people consider him one of the great athletes in the world. I mean, really, that he has this ability is kind of like, it's superhuman. It's not as though he's just some, I mean, people used to think of it as just big, you know, giant fat guys who can eat a lot of whatever. But uh-huh. it's really actually a combination of throat strength and jaw strength and, you know, sort of a, it's, it's a very athletic experience. And it's it's a survival test. and And I think that it's a maybe, maybe it's some kind of metaphor. I don't know. These people who can eat a lot and you know just just they're they're the sort of the kings among men. They consider themselves sort of these these superhuman, you know, statuesque human beings. And so it's it's a lot of fun to get inside the minds of those guys. They can destroy all around them. That's the whole idea. They they are ravenous. I mean, and they don't eat like freaks all the time. I mean, I think that their training regimen is going to be like eat cabbage. You know, eat a whole head of cabbage and eat cabbage all orange and eat eat cab eat any kind of cabbage <laughs> you can imagine but like you know just expand your stomach and train slowly and, and and then see what you can do in these events and really there are people who have done this for many years and there are about 30 or 40 competitive professional gurgitators out there on the scene and they you know they they eat some really crazy stuff too and so throughout the whole thing we i mean if you've seen the scene in uh uh cool hand luke where paul newman has to eat all those eggs I think that's that's a, that was I think my first introduction to like 
competitive eating and like mm. what that's all about. If you remember that scene, just how brutal it is and what a survival oh. test it is. And those guys do that same thing in about 12 minutes. Phew. So it's and it's fierce. I mean, and they get they get pretty uh, they get pretty intense. So it's 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 one of those. I mean, it's a serious situation because of how seriously they take it, and because of you know their 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 situation is pretty is pretty dire. I mean, and there's a lot riding on it, and they don't make a lot of money at these things. They're making a couple hundred bucks. Well, so you you you're 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 training all your life for this very strange thing that doesn't make you a whole lot of money. So. A lot of these guys in in their real lives are, you know, um, they're some of them are really brilliant men who are, uh, you know, they're inventors and they're retired business people and entrepreneurs who had made a lot of money and got out of it in time to pursue their passion, which mm-hmm. is eating a ton of chicken wings or, competitively. Yeah. Right, right, competitively on the circuit. Now, uh, Kobayashi, first of all, I want to mention something. If you're just tuning in, this is Pandora's Lunchbox. I'm here with Barton Bund of Blackbird Theater talking about The Sleeping Giant, which is uh, a fully staged reading coming up on April Thursday, April 8th. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, about the world of competitive eating. And it is April Fool's Day, but this is actually real. You can actually... I just, this is legit. You can you can find it online. Yes. Yeah. Uh, now, what's the first... What's the Japanese competitor's Kobayashi? Uh, Takaru Kobayashi. Takaru Kobayashi. And didn't he get injured? I thought maybe he got and injured. And that's... That, yeah, that, he got that's injured and that's, while competitive eating, and that that event, yeah, yeah, and that 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 event changed the dynamic because he'd come on the scene and normal the the regular guys couldn't hang in with this guy anymore. I mean, this and nobody could figure out. I mean, they could figure out his technique and everything, and they could try to do what he did, but nobody could even come close to eating fifty hot dogs. And so, actually, the play begins with Kobayashi's been out with a uh, an injury. And so, oh, okay. so it's back in our hands now, you know. So oh, they, they okay. figure, okay, now we got a shot this season. Okay. And you got to imagine there are about two hundred of these events every year on the circuit, and a competitive eater will do about, you know, sixty of these things. Wow. And they travel everywhere, and they travel in packs, and they're 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 an interesting bunch of guys. I, I I think hanging out with them would be a lot of fun. And there are some of them who are real tough and crazy, and will do the they'll do the competitive eating event during the day, and then they'll get done in time for the surf and turf buffet down the road. I mean, they're total animals, some of them. And then some of them are very refined, very, it's like a martial art. Wow. For some of them. Quite a world. Cool. Sleeping Giant on Thursday, April 8th. You can find out more about it at blackbirdtheater.org. And we're going to listen to a little bit of inspirational music on this subject. Take just a moment here. You're listening to Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. a eating competition that took place quite up in Scotland. It was this eating competition that took place quite up in Scotland. People from all about enter, including a Obia man from in Maruga. They gave the prize to one Mr. Torn. I never see a man eat so since a ball. He eat nine bowls of cuckoo, ten punch of fig, a whole bag of rice and a half a pig. Sixty slices of dashi and fourteen pounds of meat And stretching his hand for more food to eat About two hundred contestants Enter in this competition But when Mr. Torn start to eat 
The contestants and them catch cold feet They start to drop out one by one The Obia man jump up and mention To eat with this man we lose already Is a spirit he have inside his belly He eat 18 ponga edos, 19 pongs a yam Six roast bread fruit and bought 12 boiled ham Grapefruit juice and all, he drink 12 big mug If you see how this man eating like a hog wanted to compete when I see so much food they to eat Mr. Thorn was too hard to beat so I decided was to retreat he showed the judges that he was able he eat everything on top the table he even eat what the people left over and still drink a whole bucket of ice water he eat 200 mangoes 90 fried chicken he eat all the bones the seed and the skin he drag off his old hat and wipe his face Telling the people look I hate to see good food ways Believe me friends that Boy it is sad to jump to jump in on an eating competition like this and nonetheless I want to know what happens in the end Yeah oh uh oh, oh. Oh, that like actually, well, see, you have to know what ha- to know what happens in the end. Um, hmm, maybe I should listen. I mean, I can imagine. I mean, the guy must win the competition, but I think most of the professional eaters would frown on his behavior. You think so? They'd find that kind of reckless and bad for the sport as a whole. He ate the bones and the skin and all. Yeah, it's just not professional. That I mean, you know, if that guy chokes to death, it's really going to set the sport back quite a ways. Yeah, I, th- I think that'd be very unprofessional. It really wouldn't. It wouldn't fly yeah. with, the, with the federation. Definitely not. Yeah. So, I'm here with uh, Barton Bund of Blackbird Theater talking serious matters. We've talked about competitive eating and the play The Sleeping Giant. There will be a fully staged reading on Thursday, April 8th, but it's just one of several plays as part of the Blackbird Theater's Raw Weekend, April 8th to the 10th. And talk a bit about the other plays that are Sure. Uh, on Friday uh, at 8 o'clock, Margaret Edwardowski's Snowbound uh, is playing. And Snowbound is uh, a recent late-night hit at uh, the Planet Ant Theater in Hamtramck. And this was a play that I had heard about, and it had gotten a ton of great reviews. And I read it, and I was absolutely blown away. I was just totally astounded by this that that this was basically her first serious drama that she'd written. Uh, Margaret's a Second City improv, um, you know, well known in that in that area, and and she she's she's uh, turned around and wrote this very very serious classic western, and it's mm. all taking place. It's four people stuck in a snowbound cabin in the old west, and it's just one of the most intense and unrelenting kind of shows I'd read in a long time and so I just and, and as soon as I'd finished it I handed it to my wife Dana Sutton who she and I are partners in all this you know and and uh, she she read it and she just said this is you know when when can we do this how can we can we get this together and so as we started to read that and then also on Saturday uh, we're, we're doing the uh, Elizabeth the Beautiful which is Kim Carney's new play and Kim um, has put up several of her shows at um, Performance Network. She did the Home Team and Moon Glows, and she's sort of an award-winning, you know, fantastic uh, local writer and just a real gem. And she's written this play about Elizabeth Taylor, who is uh, in rehab when the play begins in 1978. Wow! And <laughs> yeah, and she's you know she's gained quite a lot of weight, and she's she's sort of fallen from stardom. Certainly, I mean, she's her acting career is is 
very much over. And so she's in sort of a dreamlike state the whole time, and Richard Burton appears to her as a ghost, as a, sort of a, this ghost of husband's past, and he takes her on a... It's sort of like... <laughs> it's like... It, it follows a lot, you know, the arc of A Christmas Carol or something, just going through your past, your present, your future, oh, okay. of what your life is going to be like. But it's Elizabeth Taylor, who's this... Just a, a, an amazing character. And, and, and she's lived so many lives. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that many husbands, that many... Uh, heartbreaks and drug problems and all that stuff and to come out of it uh, as she did I mean to survive what she went through I mean and there's a lot of things that I didn't know about her that that I'm just you know amazed to to find out she is quite a survivor and those those eight troubled short marriages that she's had in her life are uh, you know sort of fleshed out in this play and we we go through and there's um a third man who plays all the different roles, who plays all the husbands. So he's playing young guys and uh, the old Virginian, and he's playing you know old you know Rock Hudson and, and all this stuff. And so it's going through this whole. Of course, she didn't marry Rock Hudson, but of course they were they were very close friends. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. I read it because uh, I, I just loved the concept, and I just said you know yeah you know and just imagining Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton together. Uh, in a show, it just brings back memories of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and all these films that they did together where there's just so much heat and intensity between them. Uh, And basically, those people, all their troubles that they had in their marriage got played out on the screen. And so to see them behind closed doors is kind of a fun um, imaginative exercise. So uh, that's on Saturday the 10th, and that's going to be fabulous. Very excited. So all of these are going to be at the Shout Gallery, that's spelled S-H-A-U-T. That's right. And that's across from the Out Bar in Carytown, and that's in, it's tucked into Braun Court, which is off 4th Avenue. And uh, it's a fabulous little um, gallery and cabaret venue that we've used for several years for our Christmas shows. And uh, so we're taking it, and we're, we, you know, our, our June production of Patty Hearst is actually going to start in there. Patty Hearst, the musical. The musical, and which we workshopped last year, and Mike and I got to talk about. And, and now it's, uh, we're fully staging it. We're going to take two weeks in the Shout, and then we're going to take it two weeks in Detroit at the Bull Family YMCA. So that's, we're taking it from the small venue to the large venue, and it's going to be a cool experiment. Uh, and this Shout space is there, and it's, uh, you know, everybody's, you know, it's a $10 ticket for, for the Raw weekend for each night, or $20. $25 for all three. And, you know, it's right across from the Out Bar, which is one of the great Ann Arbor restaurants and bars, and it's just going to be a fabulous time. So, um, yeah, it's a great little little spot. We've, we've had a lot of fun there, and it's, it's Keith and Martin, who own the place, are just uh, great hosts, and they, they've really set up a nice little, little area down there. So Blackbird Theater has a home at blackbirdtheater.org. That's right. And if you just tuned in, talking about the Blackbird Theater, which... Still technically looking for a regular home, but not letting that stop you. Yeah, well, we we had a few uh, locations downtown that we'd been looking at. We looked at five very seriously, and then uh, they each had their own issues. I mean, we, we decided back in November, we said, you know what, let's do this. we got to go, and we got to do this now. And, and, and we, we imagined it'd be a lot easier, that the transition into an, a different space, we figured the real estate market would be flexible oh. enough to, to, to allow it. You know, so we wouldn't, we wouldn't have that much time in between. And it used to be uh, near Pauline and Stadium, so yeah. it was a little off the beaten path. But... Yeah, and so we wanted to find something, I think, I think just... You know, suddenly I think we, 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 we needed to move up into something bigger. And so, you know, we, we've, even though the, the, the last space was a, we, we got very, very close and we had, uh, we, we were right there. And then uh, just a few things came up in the inspection that said, you know what, 
this is going to be more expensive than you imagined. It'd be great, but it's too, it's more than we were ready for. So um, it was back to the drawing board, but that's okay. And in the meantime, we just said, okay, we're going to keep looking and we're going to keep rolling with that whole project. We have to be somewhere and we have to be somewhere soon. But in the meantime, you know, we have a company and we have actors and we have people who, you know, we employ. And so we needed to keep rolling. And so it's a living, breathing company and... Yeah, you can't just stop and because you lose your momentum. And we've built up some good momentum, especially over the past year. I think last season was one of our best. And then we rolled into fall and things were going well. And then we just said, you know, I know we could do a lot better if we were somewhere else. You know, right now we have a lot of crazy artistic things we want to do too. And some of that stuff is stuff you can't do in a school environment. You know, we're, we're looking at doing Quills, which is about the Marquis de Sade. And we're looking at doing... Ooh. Patty Hearst, the musical, which is, you know, incredibly violent and lewd and, and, and raunchy mm-hmm. for a musical. And so um, we said, OK, in order to, you know, do these artistic, uh, you know, ventures that we want to take and, 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 and in order to keep the company together until we find the space, you know, we, we don't know exactly, you know, when that opening date is going to be. We hope sooner than later. But until then, we can't stop. We got to keep going. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Raw Weekend came about, and that's where the Patty Hearst production came about. So we didn't have to take that much time off between productions. I mean, our last production was in December. We closed, and we uh, packed up everything that was in the space, and we put it in storage, and we said, you know, we'll be back. We don't know when, but we'll be back on it as soon as we can. And that's what you got to do. I mean, it's just uh, things didn't go as planned, but things are going to go. We have to find a plan B and roll ahead. Things are going to keep moving. Yep. So the Blackbird Theater is going to be doing their production of The Raw Weekend. That's Thursday, April 8th through Saturday, April 10th. And that's going to be at the Shout Gallery, S-H-A-U-T. That's in Carytown. That's right. And it's going to start with The Sleeping Giant, which is a look inside the world of competitive eating. Snowbound, which is going to be uh, a Western. A very potboiler, kind of intense, dramatic Western. And Elizabeth the Beautiful, about Elizabeth Taylor. And her many loves. And lives. And lives and loves, yeah. And Blackbird Theater is going to put on a full production of uh, Patty Hearst the Musical in June. And you can find out all about that at blackbirdtheater.org. Well, thank you, Barton Bund. Thanks a lot, Mike. For coming by to Pandora's Lunchbox. Thank you. And thanks for talking about competitive eating. I've always wondered about that. Oh, right? I know. I'm sure that you, I could tell you were a fan just, just oh, when, yeah. I, when I missed just you. Look, yeah. So, yeah, just from the look at you. <laughs> thanks a lot. I appreciate the ravenous it. ravenous look. Again, blackbirdtheater.org. Well, coming up next, Arwolf will help us to face the music. And you've been listening to Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike for a while. And we're going to end with something foolish because it is April Fool's Day. And, you know, that's just the way it has to be. I was going to say something really witty about how, oh, this is going to be... A moment of calm on WCB, and we're going to do Unchained Melody by the Righteous Brothers. And, you know, it's a beautiful song, and sometimes you just have to play something beautiful, even if it isn't what people might call hip and such. But that's not going to happen. We're going to play Unchained Melody by uh, Peter Sellers, and uh, probably going to be with the folks of the Goons, judging by this, but it says Peter Sellers here. So this is a, a sensitive, thoughtful rendition of Unchained Melody. Thank you for listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. What now? Shh. Ladies and gentlemen. Unchained melody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 
playing with in drums. Harm can come to a young lad like that. Hey! As you've probably guessed, this is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 centimeters. We're the voice of the underground intellectual resistance movement, broadcasting from the University of Michigan. It's experimental, experiential radio run by students with humongous amounts of community involvement. Thank you, Mike. That was delightful. I think that was Peter Sellers that was going after our brains just now, right? Perfect. Um, I have vowed tonight to wrestle with the topic of the flexi discs, and I'm I'm horrified to announce that I was unable to locate my steel brand chainsaws flexi disc. So I was going to have chainsaw commercials all throughout the show tonight, and that's just going to have to wait until this thing surfaces in my archive. I am I do have some trolls at home working on it right now. Um, and all five cats are all scurrying around looking for uh, chainsaws in my archive. Um, I think there's also a really great uh, drug company record that I was hoping I could play for you tonight. But I do have a lot of flexi discs. We'll talk about what those are, and we'll actually talk about the history of lightweight records. But I wanted to start tonight's Face the Music with a recording that I know is very, uh, very dear to Mike Perini's heart. And that is a, uh, it's sort of a cherry red see-through flexi disc that obviously was sent out either in magazines or in the U- in the U.S. mail when Bob Hope was emceeing a uh, some sort of a television special that was hosted by Armor Meat Products. So Bob Hope is going 